you going it's nba australia it is tuesday january 25 all day and i'm your host james clements i'm a writer sometimes for whomever wants to pay me that sweet sweet folding stuff here in lariana studios oh she's a bit warm i'll tell you that much sweating like a priest near a preschool here anyway we are here hanging out giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the nba season while ripping strayer a bit that's what we do we do that every bloody day uh, I'll tell you what, pretty quiet day today, though. The Ben Simmons guff is just getting out of hand. Ugh. Uh, the Knicks crapped the bed. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, Adam, oh, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine came back. I like that. So did my sweet baby Carrots Levert. AD is questionable for tomorrow. Um, we've got all four games in the NBA straight game wraps. We've got a juicy slabber. That's not a knife. Old mate, no mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some Yenars. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. And we've got our back take house. Where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's a very brief stray and play watch because uh, we only had uh, Josh Gideon action today with jingles out with a uh, sprained ankle. Uh, we've got a Shane Hill award, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, line him up. And uh, the game previews and picks for tomorrow, huge array for tomorrow. Nine games, unreal. And we'll close out today's show with a uh, fun jingles HR. Love it. All right, episode 743 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Uh, you better. If you're uh, Russell Westbrook, getting into it at the game on the weekend. What else? He just likes yelling at people. I love that. Good on you, Shaq. Uh, better watch out for the attack of people who want to tell you to smile. If you're a lady, on your grace, Tame. Uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. Boom! Bit of news. As mentioned, Anthony Davis is probable for tomorrow's game against Brooklyn. The Lakers reckon. That's kind of nice. Sticking with the Lakers. Ah, uh, bit of uh, rusty news. Sort of just floating in the ether. About the Lakers, like, oh, well, we're not trying to trade Rusty. And it's like, but we're definitely trying to trade Rusty Westbrook. <laughs> it's brutal. The best part is, the best rumor so far has been Russell Westbrook for, uh-oh, John Wall? Again? I love it. Run it back. <laughs> the Rockets like, yeah, well, yeah, it's fine. Just give us a first-round pick. We'll take him back. We're literally not playing John Wall. So if you want to take him off our hands... And give us your 2027 first round pick. Fuck it, we'll do it. Uh, there is, I guess, the framework of a deal there because all the news about the Lakers at the moment is about them trying to also maybe package Kendrick Lamar Nunn and THT and a first for a bit of help. And everyone's like, bro, Rob Palinka, we've watched Taylor Horton Tucker play this year. He fucking sucks. <laughs> I think we're okay, bro. I think we're okay. I don't mind the idea of the framework of a deal, though, with the Rockets to try and pry Eric Gordon out of there. If you are going to like just pull the ripcord on the Russell Westbrook deal and go get John Wall, you may as well try to get Eric Gordon from them too, right? With a pick, THT, whatever else you got to throw in there. Because at least Eric Gordon will be handy. Not a bad defender. Can shoot the shit out of it. It's like the opposite of Russell Westbrook, actually. <laughs> kind of like that. Uh, but this is a weird one. So like the news is also that if... Uh, any sort of Houston trade does happen for Westbrook. It is expected that Westbrook and Houston would swiftly enter buyout talks. I love that. Which means that, you know, reporters have spoken to Westbrook's uh, management, uh, agents, etc., and have gone, yeah, well, what happens if this? I was oh, we wouldn't play there. We'd try to get a buyout. And that's the way you are hearing that from. But, I mean, what do you reckon? A war for Rusty trade again. First time it happened, obviously, it was Houston and Washington. Now, if we go Houston to LA, just switch him back again. That'd be good. Could we then trade him again? 
How many times can the same players be traded for each other? I love that. Anyway, uh, Rusty for Wall. It would be hilarious. Would it change the Lakers' fortunes? I mean, if they got Eric Gordon in it, maybe. But otherwise, probably not. Uh, Lance, Lance, make him dance. He's uh, sticking around. It's the last 10-day deal he can sign before Indy basically have to go, yep, we'll keep you around for the rest of the year, which they should do or face a fan revolt, even though Lance, Lance, make him dance isn't exactly like changing the needle for them. At least he's fun. Uh, But there you go. So one more 10-day deal for Lance Stevenson. Love that. And the other news from today was that Rudy Gobez, we mentioned this on yesterday's show, he was talking about how during the game, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, it was like a uh, slow tear. And it's like, oh, Rudy, you know that's bad, right, for your calf? And he's like, oh, this is a very slow tear, though. <laughs> it's like, that's not how it works. Uh, he's out with the calf strain for today. This is a weird one, so it's considered mild. But the thing is, you don't fuck around with calves. You don't fuck around with muscles, especially in your legs, because you know what that leads to? More problems. Your calf begets your hammy, begets your back, and so all of a sudden you can't move. Uh, but Rudy Gobert, he won't be out for an extended period, according to the Yaz. Uh, they were also without Donnie Mitchell, Jingles, Bojan, and Royce O'Neal today. Jesus. And yet they still covered. God damn it. Uh, ben Simmons. So this was the sort of big-ish news floating around today. Uh, the, the news, I use inverted commas on news. The 76ers prefer to wait to pursue James Harden or another superstar in the offseason. And they want to save Ben Simmons for that potential deal over the current market. A.K.A. Bring me better deals, says Daryl Morey. Because <laughs> this is what it is, right? And that's what I said at the top. Like, the Ben Simmons guff, the he said, she said, the posturing, it just fucking sucks. So this is all from the Shams report uh, with The Athletic today. Sacramento and Atlanta are talking uh, pretty constantly, seeming with Philly. uh, But they doubt that the Sixers are going to lower the price threshold. So they're not really motivated to overpay for Ben Simmons, obviously. Apparently Charlotte have also sort of uh, kicked the tires on a Simmons deal. There's been nothing substantive, substantive, apparently, so... Yeah, it's a tricky part because the Sixers go, well, we want an all-star or a package around a bunch of first-rounders or fuck off. And everyone's like, Daryl, the dude shit himself on national TV on the biggest stage. We're not going to give you an all-star, you dickhead. Fuck off. And that's what the entire thing. And then Daryl's very clear like, well, we're going to try to get an all-star in the off-season there and just keep this going. And everyone's like, this guy fucking sucks. (laughs) Meanwhile, Joel Embiid is playing out of his fucking mind. And Tobias Harris is the next best player on that team. Yeesh. Anyway, last bit of news. Players of the Week were announced in the East. It was Trey Young. Sure. Uh, and in the West, Nikola Jokic. Hello, Pip Joel Embiid. I mean, he's just sitting there going... Like, Joel Embiid is sitting there going, what the fuck did Trey Young do that I didn't? And Nikola Jokic is going, hello, I'm going to win the not of the MVP, yes. Uh... I love that. So the fact that Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic aren't the winners for East and West is fucking beyond me. I don't know what Joel Embiid did, but he 100% should have been player of the week over the top of Trey Young. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Anyway, let's do some game wraps. Game wraps, 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 game wraps. Game wraps, uh, Knicks, Cleveland. Cleveland? Cleveland. Uh, wildly fun game. 93-95. The Knicks lose in hilarious fashion. On the last, I don't know, they've got an inbounds. They've got 1.7 seconds left. And look, in that situation, I feel like if you're down two and it's 1.7 seconds left. Now, I'm no math magician, basketball genius scientist or anything, but I feel like a 40-foot step back off-balance heave by Julius Randle isn't the best play that you could probably get out of that. You know? Call me crazy. I know many of you shall. But, jeez, I think we might be... Even if you could maybe get something going towards the basket, that seems like a better option than a bloke who's covered and 40 foot away from the basket. Holy moly. Tibbs, not exactly covering himself in glory in this one. Ah, look, this was a weird game anyway. It was basically a three-point shooting contest early. Uh, Randall... Threatened to get going, but just missed enough shots. And especially, and you can always tell with Julius Randle, if he misses a couple of free throws, you're like, oh, yeah, this night's going to suck if you're a Knicks fan. 
RJ Barrett wasn't having a huge impact either early on. But then the bench crew, and this is the thing with the Knicks, they just can't quite get the mix right. The bench mob continually like comes in, changes the pace of the game, and kicks ass. But when they throw dudes around into the starters, they're still playing Kemba, they're still playing Fournier, and if those two aren't on, and it feels like they, what, one out of every four or five games they are, I mean, it's a bit fucky. Meanwhile, Emmanuel quickly, he shot like shit today, but he still impacted the game heaps. Obi Toppin, same thing. Q Grimes, it's Grime time! It's Grime time! He's awesome. So there was a weird one, but look, there was a 13-zip run because of Quickly and Obi. Uh, it, was, it was tied at half, and you're like, cool, there you go, tied at the half. Knicks would be happy with that, even though they got up a little bit. Cleveland fought back. Cleveland! Without Jared Allen, they were kind of just doing enough with Mobley, and then Kevin Love just went, fuck you, I'm still Kevin Love. He had 20 points in 20 minutes through three quarters. And boom, a 26-12 Cavs run blew this one open in the third quarter. And Kevin Love was just smashing in shit. It was awesome. But look, the Knicks fought back. It's pretty crazy. They made a run early in the fourth. Cavs had all the answers. Dean Wade was working and, twer- working and twerking, smashing in threes. Uh, but then Grimes and Emmanuel quickly played the entire fourth quarter, that backcourt. The back backup backcourt, as it were. And Obi Toppin. Nailing a couple of corner threes. Loved him. Then a Randall layup. Ties the game with two and a half minutes left. Like, RJ Barrett really got cooking in that fourth quarter. And you're like, yes, this is exactly what you need for your Knicks fan, just to see RJ just go ham. And then they got a break right at the end as well. So Garland, though, goes, oh, that's pretty cool that you tied the game out, Julius Randall. I'm an all-star. Hits his first three of the game. Up they go. They get a break right at the end, though. A couple of missed free throws from Evan Mobley. RJ hits his free throws. They play some good D. Rondo throws up a... Rondo would hit a bunch of weird threes. And you do forget that Rondo's on this Cavs team, right? But he is, and he was lighting it up in this game randomly. Uh, But five seconds left. RJ misses a long three. Mobley misses one more free throw when they foul, though. So they've actually got a shot at this. They're still only down two. 1.7 seconds left. As mentioned, boom. Horrible play. Inbounds to Randall, 40 feet from the basket, turns around, off balance, throws up a fucking prayer. It wasn't, it didn't even get near the basket. It was ridiculous. Anyway, they went 11 of 21 from the free throw line, the Knicks. 11 of 21! And they lost by two. Gee, do you think there might have been a reason they lost by two? Yes, they missed 10 fucking free throws. Anyway, RJ Barrett, 24, 5 and 4. He was really good. 1 of 4 from downtown. Randall. Two of seven from downtown. He had 18 points, but that came on six or 17 shooting. Ugh, four assists, four turnovers. Randall, Randall, Randall. You hate to see it. It was such a good story last year, and now it's just like, he is who we thought he was. Uh, Fournier had seven points on, what, one of six from three. Kemba was 0 of three from three for eight points. It was just, obviously, uh, you could see it in the game. The Knicks are just like, yeah, we can't play him. So off they go. Manuel quickly, 1 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3, but he did have 6 assists, so that's all right. Grimes, Q Grimes, it's Grime time! 12 points, 4 of 6 from downtown, he's awesome. Obi Toppin at 13 and 6 as well, 3 of 4 from 3, but the Cavs. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, rough shooting night, goes 6 of 19, but he still had 13 points, 12 assists, 2 steals. Love that. 20 and 11 for Kevin Love, he was awesome. Mobley! Evan Mobley, 15, 12 and 5, 4 of 7 from downtown for Dean Wade, a.k.a. what you get if you uh, combine Dwayne Wade and one of the members of Wayne. 14-6-2 for Isaac Okoro. Lamar Stevens chucked in eight with his weird beard too. Knicks dropped to 23-24. You're killing me, Knicks. Meanwhile, the Cavs. Only half, one and a half games back of the one spot in the East. What? The 28-19. It's awesome. The Pals hold on against the Pacers. 117-113. Karras is back, but no spindles for New Orleans with an ankle sprain. And the paces look pretty frisky. Like, Duarte was shoving. So just after we've gotten the uh, Grayson Allen biz, Chris Duarte shoves Garrett Temple in the air as he's going up for a jump, and it was just called a regular foul. What are we doing here, NBA? Like, we're suspending Grayson Allen, which I get because he's Grayson Allen and he should be suspended just for being Grayson Allen. But Chris Duarte, pretty dangerous move. The dude goes up in the air and he just gives him a shove. It's like, that's a regular foul? That's not... And not a play on the ball. How's that on a reckless fucking move, at least? It's a flag at one at the very least. Anyway, whatever. Uh, strange game, tight game, all game, because the Pals can never pull away, because 
They fight like hell, this Pacers team. Without anybody, they've got Karras, but everybody else is out. And even when the, like, the Pelicans sort of stretch out a five-point lead, seven-point lead, they get reeled back in. A, because they weren't playing much defense. <laughs> they are the Pelicans. But also, they couldn't buy a three or game while the Pacers smashed in a million of them because rookie Dwayne Washington, Dwayne Washington made more threes than the Pelicans did. By himself, a rookie. And that's why it was close. So it's a good win for the Pelicans. They hold on at the end because Devontae Graham was really good in the second half. The Pacers hit 19 of 46 from three. Dwayne Washington Jr. goes 7 of 12. The Pelicans hit 6 of 30. He hit more. That's incredible. He breaks the team rookie record. Karras has 19, 6 and 8. Duarte started off pretty hot. Ends up with only 14 on 11 shots. Uh, Gogra is 13 and 5, but whatever. Pelicans, they're all good. 6 of 30 from downtown, as mentioned. The craziest part is Devontae Graham went 5 of 9 from 3. So the rest of the Pelicans hit 1-3 combined. Josh fucking hot at 22 and 10. I mean, Devontae's 25 and 6 was really bloody good. I'll tell you that much. Jonas, 16 and 12 was 6 assists for him and 14s each for Garrett Temple, Nikki Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes, who also uh, might not be seeing him too much soon because of the... Uh, you might remember last summer was arrested, was tased, has been charged with like 12, uh, 12 things by the LAPD, which is not ideal. <laughs> so, Jesus. Uh, Indy, they're 17 and 31. The New Orleans Pelicans, 18 and 28. Chicago, hold on against the Oklahoma City Thunder. 111, 110. Called this on yesterday's preview, just saying. Uh, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine is back. DeMar DeRozan sat out with this one with a bit of rest. This was crazy. The Bulls were rolling. OKC were getting buried. The Bulls were up 28 points in the third quarter. Vooch was working him. Levine was awesome. Bloody you, man. Dosunmu had a career high in three quarters and smashed in a uh, buzzer-beating three from half court at three-quarter time, which is insane. So they're up 28 in the third quarter. But then OKC got it all the way down to 11 by the end of the quarter until that three by uh, AO. The Bulls kept edging out in front as well, but this like that was a thing. The Thunder, the start of the fourth quarter, kept them in within punching distance, got it down to nine with three and a half minutes left, then down to six. Kobe White hits a massive three, to, his only three of the game to go back up nine. And the Thunder loved their threes. They'd hit 16, I think, at that point. Bulls hit a shit ton as well, like 15. Uh, but Giddy hits a big bucket. It was a 19-3 run to get it back down to one. But the Bulls hit some free throws. It's a three-point game. Five seconds left. SGA, the shy redder, Gilgis Alexander, has a great look. And it looked like it was going in, and it just clanks out. So it's a foul game. Chicago get the noses enough in front. Get up four. Moose Muscala right at the end. Nails a three for the, uh, <laughs> if you had the Oklahoma City Thunder covering the plus two and a half. Prayers up to Moose Muscala. Uh, but they did go 16 to 45 from three. Incredible stuff. SGA was incredible all game. 31 and 10. Dort had 16. Josh Giddy 9, 8 and 6. Four turnovers. Not a great shooting game though. 0 of 5 from downtown. Crucial missed three late that just went in and out from the corner. That was just a beauty. And if he hadn't nailed that win, they might have won this game. Uh, Moose finished with 14. Jeremiah Robinson Earl was four of six from three as well. He had 12 points. Moose had 4 of 11. Not bad. But the Bulls, look, 16 turnovers really killed him. Vooch, he had 26, 15, and 4. Good bounce back from his horrible showing against Orlando the other day. 4 of 7 from 3 as well. Career high, 24 from Eo Dosunmu, as I mentioned. 8 assists, 5 rebounds. He's amazing. I love him. Uh, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, 23, 7, and 7. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm back. And Kobe, Kobe White, 1 of 7 from downtown. But hit that big one late. Uh, he ends up with 9.7 rebounds, 7 assists, and shot 3 of 14. <laughs> anyway, big win for Chicago. They're now 29 and 17. OKC, mm, that's good tanking, 14 and 33. And last, but definitely least, uh, <laughs> Phoenix, 115, beat the Yaz, 109. Weird game. As you can tell, six point, 6 point margin at the end. No Donnie Mitchell, no Rudy Gobert, no Mike Conley, no Bojan, no Jingles, no Royce O'Neal for the Jazz. Literally no starters. They're out there starting Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. And you're like, oh, maybe that'll kickstart our offense. Nope. Uh, Phoenix got a big up, got up big early, but then the Jazz went ham in the second quarter. I think dropped 37 on the Suns. 
And it was close sort of the rest of the way until halfway through the fourth quarter when the Suns stopped playing with their food and went, all right, let's kick the fuck out of them. Gave them the clamps on D. Utah just couldn't hit anything. And they ran away with it. The only reason it was six points at the end is because Jordan Jeremy Clarkson decided to fuck everybody who bet on Phoenix. <laughs> Goff me. And uh, turned into the fucking Vinnie Johnson, the microwave. Nailed three meaningless threes out of nowhere in the last two and a half minutes just to for no real reason. Like, it was very stupid. <laughs> it's like, thanks a lot, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. You really fucked me. Anyway, but, um, and anybody else who sort of thought about that, they were the only points the Jazz scored in the last four and a half minutes with the three threes by Clarkson in the last two and a half minutes. So, yeah. Anyway, but the Sun sort of just ro- rode this out, no hassles. Clarkson ends up with 22. He went four of 11 from three. So there you go. He was one of eight when he started lighting it up. 17 for Trent Forrest. He was really good, actually. Daniel House had 14, 7, and 4. But yeah, nothing else going right for the Yaz. Booker had 33 of the most forgettable points you'll remember. He went 14 of 35 in this game. So he was the reason the Suns weren't losing, but he was also the reason the Jazz were still in it, if that makes sense. (laughs) He had seven rebounds, three assists, three turnovers, two steals, and two blocks. A very strange game. Also had a chance to like basically have the massive, massive, massive dagger three late. Clanked it, uh, but they still held on anyway just because of their defense. CP3 had 27 and 14 with nine. He was incredible. Just, I love his, just, his demeanor on the court, as much of a little prick as he might be. God damn, when it's a close game and he just goes, right, we're going to win this one, and they do. It's amazing. Cam Johnson, 20 and 6 for him, 5 of 8 from 3. He has uh, been really good the last sort of month or so. And sit down, Biombo, 16 and 13. What a legend, Bismack Biombo. Out of nowhere, the Suns pick him up, and he's absolutely smashing it. So that was great. Utah dropped to 30 and 18 now. Oh, geez. And Phoenix now 37 and 9. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Uh, I kind of wanted to give this to SGA because he was so. Like, he was the only reason the Bulls, like, you know, tried their hardest to shit this game away because SGA's like, nah, we're still in this. Nah, we're still in this. No, it's still in this. And he's like just gassed down the stretch and he had 31 points, 10 assists, three steals and a block. He was awesome. He was really bloody good. And that three I mentioned at the end, it was so close to going in. That's a tough one. But Vooch, a great bounce back game for him. 26, 15 and four. He went four of seven from three. He also had three blocks. But I kind of like, so Vooch probably walks away with this one over SGA because SGA, you know, they did lose. He was the only reason they are in that game, though. Uh, but CP3, 27, 14, and 9. One rebound off a triple-double. 10 of 17 from the floor. He was just bloody good. Like, it was such a weird fucky game where the Suns should have been just kicking the shit out of them. But the Jazz just hung around because Rudy Gay didn't want to lose that mad. He's like 13 and 5, whatever. Hassan Whiteside just sort of sucks. But they just sort of stuck around. And Chris Paul at the end is like, right, fuck it. That's it. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 14 assists. He went 4 of 7 from downtown, 10 of 17 from the floor. Good job, Chris Paul. You, Vooch, and SGA in the NBA Australia approved performances of the night. Spud of the night, though. Spud, 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 uh, a couple of great spuds. Uh, we did have the one of ten by Emmanuel Quickly. That was pretty impressive. Uh, we tend to not give it to the younger dudes, but one of ten by Quickly was just pretty impressive. But he did have six assists. He went one of six from three. Three points, so that's okay. Uh, O'Shea Brissett went one of five. Alec Burks, I really, really killed the Knicks today. He played 18 minutes. He goes 0 of four from the floor, 0 of two from downtown for zero points. He did have four assists, but jeez. Kenrick Williams, two of ten for OKC versus Chicago. Not ideal. And uh, look, three of 14. Three of 14 for Kobe White. I love him, but three of 14 is a lot. Uh, And 11 minutes of ineptitude, uh, which is probably the name of my... My sex tape. And then old mate wanders in going, well, it's about eight minutes too long, dickhead. Uh, Jenny Osman, 0 of 5, including 0 of 3 from 3. So some good spuds right there. You love to see it. Of course, Evan Fournier, 
as well. And uh, Kemba Walker, I mean, just the combination of those dudes with their three-point shooting was pretty bloody brutal. So Burks, Fournier, and Walker go, what's that? Uh, I believe it's one for 11 between those three. Jesus. Yeah, not ideal, bro. And of course, obviously, as mentioned, the Pelicans couldn't buy a three, so the rest of the three-point shooters on the Pelicans, that's 0 of 3 for Garrett Temple. Herb Jones goes 0 of 3. 1 of 5 for Josh Hart. 0 of 2 for Gary Clark. 0 of 5 for Nicky Alexander-Walker, who went 4 of 13 overall. Alvarado goes 0 of 2, and even Hayes threw up one as well. So Josh Hart was the only bloke outside of Devontae Graham to hit one. That is pretty spotty. Who's old mate? No mates, though. Old mate, no mate. 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 Who's got no mates today? I mentioned this at the top. The fact that Joel Embiid didn't beat out fucking Trey Young for Player of the Week in the East is absolutely fucking crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, sure, Trey went, what, 37-14 against Minnesota, a.k.a. the team that doesn't play any defense, 28-7 and against Miami, 30-4 and against Charlotte. Again, not exactly... Lighting the world on fire with defense. Meanwhile, Embiid is just out here absolutely fucking smashing worlds on his way to just an insane run. Where he has 50 and 12, 40, 13 and 6, and 38, 12 and 6. What more does he have to do? How does he not win over Trey? I mean, I know that Player of the Week doesn't mean anything. But that was just like, I looked at that, I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't Embiid just, like, score over, like, 120 points in three games? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my God. Anyway, pantsing of the night. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Oh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl and a great move on Troy Brown Jr. in the OKC Chicago game. Troy Brown Jr. going after a big old dunk. Cuts off the baseline. Jeremiah Robinson Earl goes, I'm a rookie. I don't know any better. I'm going to contest. And what a contest. He stopped the fucking ball in midair. It was incredible. He just put his hand up there and just stopped him dead. And they just both collapsed to the ground basically on top of each other. It was gnarly. That's a bit of a pantsing. Troy Brown's like, this is going to be a sick dunk. Why is there an entire human being now on top of me? Uh, But the pantsing was probably Amari Studemeyer got pants by Andrew Bogut. Amari Studemeyer was asking, uh, what, what the fuck up was that with uh, the whole Grayson Allen thing? Which is always pretty funny because uh, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, hey, what does Andrew Bogut think about that? And, and there we go. So Amari Studemeyer says, that's weak, not enough. I could suspend it for a game for stepping on the court. This was an intentional throwdown that caused a player to need surgery. Smack my head, come on. So Amari's like, fucking, he needed a longer suspension, Grayson Allen, that prick. And then Bogey. Says, uh, you might want to sit this one out. Amari is real. Yeah. I've covered this a fair amount of times as well. That mongrel Amari Studemeyer undercutting Andy Bogut when he's going out for a dunk came very close to ruining his and ending his career. And, you know, think of what you will, Bogut post-playing career, and it's not much, but holy shit, like, his arm was mangled. Because of Amari undercutting him when he was in the air. So uh, that's a pretty good dacking by Bogey to go, Hey, Amari, you might want to sit this out, dickhead. <laughs> Love Amari. But yeah, what a mongrel. Uh, better than Lonzo Ball today. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for every, everybody. Dwayne Ross, Washington, I mean... I've sort of talked about him before earlier in the uh, in the wrap up for the Pacers game, but I mean, in terms of like rookie performances, that's pretty bloody good, right? Like, because seven threes as a rookie, it's happened thirty six times ever. So that's pretty good. Seven to twelve from three breaks the uh, Pacers record. It's pretty good. And I'll tell you what, it's the amount of threes. Look, he almost equaled Lonzo's. Most amount of made threes in a game as well, but Lonzo's got eight. Uh, but I want to give this... He's going to pop up again in a second, Dwayne. So we're going to give this one to Ayo Dosunmu, who is literally replacing Lonzo in the lineup for the Bulls. 24 points, a career high today. Eight assists as well. Five rebounds, one block. 10 of 14 shooting. And goes four of six from downtown. In a game they won by one point, 
Oh, was a plus 15. Tell you what, that's bloody good. 10 of 14 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3, 24, 5 and 8. Oh, today, you're better than your mate, Lonzo. All right, let's do some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some Yanars. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com. Jeez. You don't want to even go outside today. It's that hot. So don't go to the bottle, though. Bring the bottle to you with thedailyliquor.com. That's right. Go check it out. You've got beers, wines, cocktails coming out the wazoo. Everything you need. And if you're banging the code STRAYO when you check out, boom. Free six-pack of that amazingly drinkable Dos Blocos XBA. Tell you what, I'd hate to be a Dos Blocos XBA in about 15 minutes. Maybe 20 However long the rest of the show goes for. <laughs> Either way, it's for the Melbourne metro area. You get same-day delivery before noon. Go check out thedailyliquor.com right now. Bang in that code STRAYA and get a free sixer on your mate, Jimmy. How good's that? Be over 18, drink responsibly, all that good stuff. Right, yeah, Nas, number one. Jimmy, do you buy this, the sixes are waiting for James Harden shit? Yeah, nah, nah. No chance. I kind of alluded to this earlier. This is just Moray and the Sixers trying to create a bit of leverage and uh, like up that asking price for Simmons, right? It's basically Moray going, you need to come to me with like what I'm asking for, a good player and some picks, or just give me some better fucking offers. Because if you don't, well, fuck it. We're getting hardened in the offseason, and I'm happy to wait. And then you see in the uh, articles as well, it's like, Daryl Moray has the backing of... Uh, of ownership as well to just wait this out. It's like, yeah, they need to say that as well so they can keep with their leverage of like, no, we'll just fucking keep him. We don't care. Meanwhile, you're wasting an entire season of Joel Embiid and it's going to be really fucking galaxy brain awesome. We didn't train Ben Simmons. We're going to get James Harden next year when Harden stays with the Nets and you get bundled out in the first or second round this year. Awesome. Well played, Daryl. But yeah, you know, like this is the thing, because you know you have to trade a bunch of other shit to get James Harden anyway in a sign-and-trade, because you're so far over the cap. Uh, to fit Harden in in a sign-and-trade, you're probably going to have to get Tobias Harris out of there anyway. So you're probably better off, if you ask me, getting rid of Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons right now, because it can actually be done, seemingly. And then you'll have other moving parts you might be able to fuck around with in the offseason, you know? Just a bit silly. Oh, no, nah, we'll wait it out. Good job, idiots. Uh, so everything about Harden waiting, want, wanting to go to Philly, you're going to take that with a grain of salt then? Yeah, nah, yes. Because the Nets can still pay him more for longer. And they don't have to shed a shit ton of salary to do so like Philly would, right? So I think basically all this Ben Simmons shit until something actually happens is just a Daryl Morey disinformation campaign competing with the clutch disinformation campaign. And you'll see it from both sides. So where there's smoke, there's fire. So there's obviously chats going on and it's going to be one of the teams going, right, fuck it. And either throwing in an extra pick or an extra player or whatever and Daryl realises, all right, I can save face if I do this. And off they go. But until something happens, it's just a bunch of fucking smoke, a bunch of disinformation, a bunch of posturing. And if uh, nothing happens, then... As Daryl Morey just being a stubborn dipshit. Uh, would Eric Gordon help the Lakers more than Rusty right now? Yeah, nah. Mm, yeah. I kind of think the problem with Eric Gordon is, I mean, has been in the past about, you know, injuries, 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 whereas Rusty, for the most part, is just a fucking warrior and plays and plays and plays, but almost to his detriment. Whereas Eric Gordon is like the perfect dude that they need on that Lakers team, right? Like not a shit defender can light it up with the three ball, is just a fucking bowling ball of a dude. Uh, so, he, I mean, to be fair, if you want to move Rusty and get John Wall and get Eric Gordon, I mean, the problem is you've got to sacrifice a pick and THT as well. So I don't know, but 
Yeah, if you could prize Eric Gordon away for something else, you'd want to do that. Uh, and lastly, look, after today's game, you just saw him sort of, you know, control that game against the Knicks. Is Darius Garland going to win the most improved player? Yeah, nah. Oh, I hope so. That was his sixth straight, fifth straight game with 10-plus assists, right? LeBron is the only other bloke over the last 10 years to do so for the Cavs. So, Darius Garland is a weapon. I love him. And the problem is, like, most improved player... It's always like these weird ones where it's like, oh, well, maybe Jama Ranch should do it. And like all the dumb fucking narratives get sort of all twirled up into it. And like people will still think like the first three weeks of the season when Miles Bridges was tearing it up. It's like, well, Miles Bridges is obviously. It's like, have you watched him lately? He's turned back into Miles Bridges where he'll be really fucking good for stretches. And also, we'll also get lost in the morass of all the pretty good players that Charlotte have. So. Meanwhile, Darius Garland might take the Cavs to a fucking one seed. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just saying. MIP. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. The Lakers, they've got Seko Dumboya on that roster, right? I'm just saying, if they got him out there, gave him a little bit of run, they might be surprised by what they have. Like, I don't think that Sekou Dumboya is bad at basketball. And I think he's kind of like exactly the dude they kind of need. Like, he's pretty big. (laughs) He was drafted by the Pistons. (laughs) Like, in their long, long, long line of former uh, Pistons lottery and draft picks, boom. That's exactly what you want, right? Like, he's 6'8". I mean, the problem is he's, like, pretty massive... The shooting isn't quite there, and uh, but I mean, come on, coach him up, LeBron. What are you doing? So yeah, maybe second to Boyer isn't the uh, answer to all the questions, but just saying, give him a look. <laughs> what do you think, Lakers fans? Outback Takeouts for today. It's Tuesday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, the saddest part of my week. Going back onto seek.com.au to place some new job advertisements because my entire kitchen staff was slaughtered by today's special. But it was worth it. Because our cassowary casserole is delicious and it's only at Outback. It goes great as a flame grilled take. And today's flame grilled take is basketball genius Daryl Morey is full of shit. He's going to waste a prime MVP year of Joel Embiid just because his ego is too big to trade Ben Simmons for anything less than the perfect trade package of an all-star. Picks, a bit of a fucking share in the team, a share of your arena, and some of those really good nachos that you've got at your arena. And that's why the Sixers are definitely not going to win the title this year because Daryl Morey is too pig-headed. Only at Outback. I mean, it is a bit of a flame grill take. Because he is a bit of a smart guy. But jeez. Sometimes you can be too smart, you know what I'm saying? Alright, back in a second. <laughs> right after this. This is Nick K, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. Alright, Australian Player Watch. Before that, what do Chris Paul, NASA Commander Scott Kelly, and Redico Farron, Alexis O'Hani, and Evan Common? Well, they've all got incredible experiences and they've created audio courses to teach you what they've learned on Knowable, which is a rad new app where the world's top experts in a bunch of different fields teach cool new skills in bite-sized audio courses. It's like Spotify for learning stuff. I love it. I've listened to a bunch of them now and it's wicked. The squid hates them because he's like, Dad, this isn't Thomas and Fred's story time or Peter Coombe or the Wiggles. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm the adult here. Uh, (laughs) Keep telling yourself that. The bloke from NASA, he teaches you things about space. Ah, I finished The Expanse last night. Finally, all nine books. Nerd! But goddamn, it's good. Uh, Chris Paul talks about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle and Alexis Ohanian teaches you how to launch a startup. There's over 100 other experts as well waiting to teach you something new, so go check it out. Check out the Knowable app in your app store. Download it. Bang in the code Straya and you'll get 20% off as well. It's sick. I love them. It's super smart stuff. Give it a look. Right, the Australian player watch for today. Jingle and Joe Ingles. Sat out there, lost to Phoenix with a right ankle sprain. Hopefully Jingles is all right. Might just need a bit of a breather with his uh, horrible shooting of late anyway. So 
No, you'll take that one. Uh, Josh Gideon, that loss to the Bulls. I mentioned this one earlier. Nine points on four of 11 shooting goes 0 of 5 from downtown. Yeah, it was a bit of a tough one because, I mean, a couple of those were in and out, so what are you going to do? Nine points, eight rebounds, six assists. He did have four turnovers. That was a good game, though, against the Bulls. And that's it. Nobody else uh, played today, so no Josh Green, no Simo, obviously, no Matty T, no Patty, no Jock. And we'll keep you updated on how Thon's going in the G League, too. All right, let's do a really quick Shane Hill shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award. I'll tell you what, I fucking love Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington, he was awesome. Seven three-pointers tonight. That's the team rookie record for the Pacers. That beats out uh, Chuck Person and Chris Duarte, who both had six. Uh, But also, he just looked kind of handy, you know? So he became the 36th rookie in NBA history to hit seven threes in a game. Went absolutely off. And, as I mentioned, hit more threes than the entire Pelicans team. That was sick. He was awesome. And he had 12 points in the fourth quarter as well, which uh, you know, nearly got him over the hump. So he was great. He was awesome. Love that. And uh, amazing stuff for Dwayne Washington Jr. Setting a new Indiana Pacers rookie record with seven threes, lighting it up, looking awesome. Tell you what, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot. Light him up, Dwayne Washington Jr. That's exactly what he bloody did. All right. What about, I'll tell you what, Oh, geez, here we go. It's the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Love it. Absolutely love it. Because the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in, I mean, obviously yesterday was the uh, Brooklyn Nets one, essentially, of uh, Paddy Mills taking the boys out in San Antonio, which I appreciate and thought was pretty neat. But mostly, what I'm spending my time on socials at the moment is looking at either what Josh Giddy's up to on the IGs, which is great, Walking around his car. Going to go do some yoga, maybe. He's looking good. I like that he's throwing out the uh, hand signals. That's good. Good stuff. But rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, land out. That's all we're here for now is rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, Landale puppy content because it's fucking awesome. Super cute. Uh, I also enjoyed a great one of uh, Joe Ingles basically trashing his buddies, Mike Conley and Rudy Gay, for their uh, NBA fashion fits with really, really big jeans from when they were much younger. Uh, so he's, re- he's reposted that and gone, yo, cry laughing emoji, cry laughing emoji, cry laughing emoji. So obviously, Jingles' is, uh, sore ankle is uh, really bothering him. <laughs> Loved it. But anyway, the Jock Landau puppy content. Hook me up. Hook this to my veins. It's everywhere. It's awesome. It's unreal. Go check it out. Puppy's kid, you as hell. Right. Game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's the dog going? Oh, I'm not bad today, man. Not bad. It's a bit hot. Got my run in. Had to go inside on the treadmill. Hate the treadmill. Sweating like just nobody's business. Anyway, three or four today on the picks. Only missed that last one, as mentioned. Bloody Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. Out of nowhere. Nine points. Ugh. Anyway, uh, 398 of 694 picks for the year. That's bloody good, I'll tell you that much. Uh, tomorrow, though, is an absolute horror show. Nine games. And you're like, oh, that's not bad, Jimmy. More basketball means good. More good stuff. And it's like, yeah, these matchups, try picking them. Denver, seven and a half point favorites in Detroit. Sure. Like, you can't trust Denver with anything. You saw them blow leads against the Clippers the other day and, like, try to shit the bed the other day as well. I just... But Detroit are a train wreck. They are at home, though. And you know with Kelly Olynyk and Kate Cunningham and stuff like that, who knows what could happen. I'm just going to take the MVP. We might get an... E- Wait, this could be a halftime triple-double for uh, Nikola Jokic here. So, fuck it. I'm taking Denver minus 7.5. Charlotte-Toronto is an awesome game. It's also a really tough game to pick because Charlotte, you've got wings coming out the wazoo. You've got Lamello and uh, Raul Jai, Gordy, PJ Hamilton, Washington, even with his shooting slump of late. 
Miles Bridges, and Toronto. Same thing. Pascal Sikkim-Siakam has been absolutely on fire since he came back from COVID. you got Fred VanVleet, the fight in VanVleet's. I'm just going to go with the home team. Minus three and a half for the Raps. I think their defense is going to be a little bit more clued on than Charlotte's, and uh, that'll get them over the line. So give me the Raps minus three and a half. Washington, same vibes. They're playing the Clippers, who nobody can predict what they're going to do game to game. I'm just going to have to go with the home team here. I think the Washington probably just have enough to get over the Clippers team. Four and a half point favorites. I'll just take that because I can't trust this Clippers team. (laughs) Not at all. And especially on this road trip, they've been a bit sketchy. But Washington, look, they've not been lighting the world on fire either. They've lost three straight. They're again sketchy, but look, they have to get one here, don't they? Pelicans, they go to Philly. I'm taking Philly to cover the eight and a half points because, look, the Pels, without spindles, you know that Jonas and Embiid are going to go at each other, but I just trust the rest of Philly's team to actually step up and uh, win this one pretty handily against New Orleans just because the defense of the Pels just won't uh, <laughs> really slow down the uh, Sixers shooter. So give me Philly minus eight and a half. Boston, they host Sacramento. This is a dangerous one as well. This is also eight and a half points. I don't really want to take the home team here, Boston, because Sacramento can just do weird stuff and like completely discombobulate you. But Boston, Tatum has 51. Brown will go off again. I think they've got enough D, enough offense to take care of a Sacramento team that's been very scrappy of late. Uh, so give me the Celtics minus eight and a half. Lakers, Brooklyn. Cool. We don't get LeBron and KD. We've got Harden versus Rusty. No Kyrie, don't forget. So you have to go to the Lakers with AD coming back. I think I'm going to have to go to the Lakers. I don't know who in Brooklyn's going to try to slow down AD. Uh, even if he's been sketchy as he has been all year, I think the Lakers can still win this one. San Antonio go to Houston. Again, Spurs. So tricky, so weird, so fucky sometimes. I'm going to take Houston plus three and a half at home. They've been playing pretty okay off and on for the last month and a half. I'll take the Rockets. The Spurs, they're just... They're a bit strange, a bit weird, a bit funky. But I think Houston is going to be funky. So give me the plus three and a half. Dallas, they're also plus three and a half in Golden State. We saw them beat the Warriors a few uh, weeks ago. I think the Mavs can do it again. They're on a tear at the moment. Their defense is crushing it. Golden State could only just limp over the line uh, the other day a couple of times, right? Like the way the Warriors have sort of just been like, uh, I don't know what we're doing. What do we do? How do we do this? What are we doing? And like... Losing that game to that weird Pacers team. Only just beating the Rockets. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to take Dallas. They're just playing better basketball at the moment. And finally, Minnesota go to Portland again. These games suck to pick. How tough is this? Minnesota, look, Cat, Ant-Man, D'Lo against Portland with Nurk, CJ, Anthony Simons. I'm going to have to take Portland plus three and a half just because they're at home. You don't know if CJ and Simons go off. Especially against Minnesota's defense, so give me Portland. <laughs> I just don't know though. Oh, that's what tomorrow's tomorrow's like. There's just so many awesome games, but they're really weird matchups, and it's gonna be really tough to pick them. So, see how we go. I could go O of nine or nine of nine tomorrow. I have zero clue. So best of luck with you as well. And that's it. We'll wrap all that up for you tomorrow. Even on uh, the public holiday, uh, that means a. Uh, Old mate, we'll be looking after the squid for a bit, so I'll actually get a chance to do the show a little bit early tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll do the show. <laughs> I thought about taking the day off, but uh, I might keep that day off in uh, hand for something a little bit later, like, I don't know, Super Bowl or something. All right, so there you go. We're back tomorrow. Wrap all that up for you. Big day, especially because we've got 10 games, I think, on Thursday. So uh, I'll just make sure that we get that out of the road. All right, uh, check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz chopping it up. Big, 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 big week of NFL. Check out the NBA Australia socials as well. Twitter, Face IG. Adam over on World Wrestling Australia. Over on YouTube. Go check that out. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go on. I don't ask for much. Go do it now. Can you rate and review it? Jimmy is okay. He does know good stuff. <laughs> uh, Manscaped.com. Use the code Australia. Get 20% off and free shipping there. TheDailyLicker.com, use the code STRAY, get a free sixer if you're in Melbourne. The Knowable, bang in the code STRAY, get 20% off from the Knowable app. Uh, big thanks go to From Ozzo for the intro and outro song. Also check out Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozer for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Drupal Day and Earth, Apple Music, Spotify, however you uh, listen to your tunes. NBA Australia Sports Train Bands, so should you.
All right, we'll close out today with a uh, Jingles HR. He's answering a question from Russell in Los Angeles. That'll be good. <laughs> All right. And we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later on G'day, Joe Ingalls here, head of Jingles HR. That's right, the world's leading HR solutions firm. Because yet, when I'm not sinking threes, blowing kisses, enjoying my real estate in Paul George's head, or treating my sprained ankle, I'm the world's leading HR expert, here to help you with all your HR questions and problems. So, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes from A, Russell in Los Angeles. A, Joe. I started a new job and half a year in, I think everyone here hates me. I just do my thing, trying to make work and everything go okay, and all I cop is shit for not apparently doing it the right way. Only no one is telling me what the right way is. Any tips, question mark? Thanks. Russell, all caps, Los Angeles. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, cheers for writing in, Russell. Yeah, oh, I'll tell you what, new jobs can be tricky. I've seen it time and time again as my uh, in my job as a HR manager because especially if you think it's going to be a good fit and your organisation thinks it's going to be a good fit and then you get boots on the ground and maybe your KPIs shift, maybe there's little to no strategy helping organise what direction you and your place of employment are all heading in and what your role in that strategy is, and it's all just one big question mark, and you end up chasing your ass. So, yeah, I would always just suggest making sure that this is probably a good chance to air your concerns and sit down with management and just try to come up with some sort of common ground about their expectations of you and your performance and also what you want from them. Give voice to what you want out of your job as well. Explain to them what you think uh, you should be doing, what you can do well, and where you want to be with this organization. Because essentially, it all comes down to communication, doesn't it? Bad places to work will lay blame and cast aspersions willy-nilly, but good companies keep a clear-eyed view of what they're trying to achieve and make sure everyone is pulling in the right direction. So you've got to try to do your bit to fit in with that. But also, let it be known what you can and can't do personally in your role as well and see if you can fit in that way. I mean, there's all all that, and also you just go buy everybody beers and let her know what you you know how much of a great bloke you are. I'm just saying, but yeah, I mean, so as we say here all the time at Jingles HR Russell, it's no use trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, but with a bit of communication, a bit of HR sanding, we might just make it work. So there you go, Russell. I hope that helps. And righto, that's all we've got time for this week on Jingles HR. I'm gonna go look after this ankle. I've been Joe Ingles. Get a jab up ya. Yeah.